0: Welcome to the Itch and Scratch Show. I am your host, Shika Singh. Today we have a very special episode, Scratching That Creative Itch. You will find some amazing tips and suggestions from our very special guest. Now, this guest is special because A, he is the first guest on our podcast. And B, I shared some amazing time with him in Miami during a work trip. Our first guest is very cool and fun to hang out with. He considers himself a full-time creative. And the most interesting part is he's that super, super talented and has a history in theater and a passion for writing. Our guest is Eric Mocknaz. Eric works as a full-time director of operations at a New Jersey-based HR consulting firm where he serves as a senior HR advisor for startup and small business leaders. He pivoted into HR after almost 15 years of working in university housing at two East Coast universities. He actively works to integrate his creative muscle into his 9-to-5 job while also exploring his passions outside of work to fully enrich his life. Eric has been amazing to hang out with and he is so inspiring because he doesn't just do his 9-to-5 job but is involved in a variety of things, is super cool, he is into running marathons trains extensively hard, reads amazing books, super successful in his career, very professional at what he does. And actually, he was the one who explained to me what my communication style is, my working style, so I could benefit at my workplace, especially in a remote setting. I find Eric very inspiring and motivating, and I learned a lot from him, and I hope you guys would too. So tune in and let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Itch and Scratch show. This episode is going to be a special one because we have our first guest, Eric, with us. Welcome, Eric. Today's episode is going to be all about the importance of using creativity in your nine-to-five job. And who better than Eric to give us some tips and suggestions? All right, Eric, I have my first question for you. Okay. How important is being creative for you in your nine-to-five job?
1: Uh, Shika, that is a great question. Um, when I think about the importance of being creative in my nine-to-five job, uh, it would actually make work not enjoyable if I wasn't able to flex my creative muscles in the work that I do as a, as a director of operations and a, a senior HR consultant at an HR consulting firm. I find that in order to really achieve uh, balance and harmony at work, I obviously need to do some of the boring practical things that are related to people's nine to five jobs. But I also want the opportunity to flex my creativity. And whether that be, uh, you know, using my passion and creativity to write blogs for the firm or if it's the ability to bring creative decision making to common HR problems. Uh, I think that was really important for me when I began searching for my career uh, in HR after leaving higher education, a way to take all my learned, earned experience, but then also be able to make sure that I still have an opportunity to flex my creative muscle. Um, because work shouldn't be boring all the time. Work should be exciting. That's why uh, I, I think being able to flex my creative muscle in my nine-to-five job is so incredibly important.
0: Yes, you brought up such a good point that Earlier in our parents' generation, everyone would be like, oh, I have to go to work. But now people actually choose professions, professions that they love and they're good at and where they can use, actually use their creativity. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's obviously proliferation, especially in this day and age and in our generation of people who have turned creativity into a career. Uh, and that's really cool and exciting, whether, you know, they're an artists, uh, whether they're a writer, whether they make candles, you know, and sell candles as their kind of full time job. Uh, That is someone's ability to really take that creativity and put it to practical use, uh, which I think is really cool. I mean, to be fair, I was a speech and theater major in college and I had every desire to become an actor. Um, That really didn't work out for me. But, you know, I think that this generation is more about, you know, what am I passionate about? And how do I turn that into a career for me? Super cool. All
0: right. I'm ready for the next question. How important it is that you make time outside of your work for things that you are passionate about?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, I always kind of start this by saying I'm very lucky. Uh, and I'm very privileged to be a little later in my career. Uh, I'm in my 40s, and and I've kind of done my time. Uh, But I'm also really lucky in that my company supports flexible work, right? So as long as my work is getting done, it doesn't necessarily matter when it gets done, as long as the client's happy, as well as I'm meeting my internal deadline. So, you know, for me, it's a matter of really understanding, okay, what are my work priorities? And what are my creative priorities? And what passions do I need to make as a priority for myself? So although it's a bit of a stretch for creativity, one of the things I'm passionate about is running, I consider myself an endurance athlete, I'm a long distance runner. Um, And there's something about when my coach has programmed a certain run for me, and I'm booked, you know, from nine in the morning and then I have a networking event at night, that means that I'm carving time out of my day to be able to get that run in. And that is really important to me. And I think the guidance or what I would encourage people to do is carve out time in your day for the things that you're passionate about that allow you to be creative. Um, and again, I'm I'm very low that I work for a firm where even though we offer flexible hours, we're pretty much a nine to five company. So when there are opportunities kind of outside of that time frame, I make sure to take it so that I'm engaged in creative pursuits. Every month I try to sign up for a cake making class, um, cake decorating. So I really like cake decorating. I really kind of learned skills that way. I'm also kind of an amateur chef baker. So I like making donuts. I like making ice cream. I like kind of doing different things um, like with charcuterie boards. So the other thing that I try to focus on is when I'm not at work, what am I doing to stoke that creative passion um, rather than just kind of sitting on my couch and being like, all right, well, I'm not working. So I'm just going to laze around, which at times I think is great. But I think I definitely would encourage people to fill their time and commit to filling time with things that they're passionate about and things that kind of allow them to flex their creative muscle.
0: I was going to ask you, how do you manage to make time for your running and your marathons? That is crazy. That is insane. What's your secret? How do you get that energy?
1: Um, so I, I think there's there's a few things there. I, I committed to it, right? So I've invested in a coach. So my coach gives me my plan and I've seen it be effective. And and I'm sure you probably understand this, Sheikah. Like if you make an investment in something, you want to make sure you're getting the return on investment. Right. So when that coaching bill hits my checking account every month, and it's not inexpensive, I'm like, all right, you know, I've made this commitment. I've made this investment. Um, And again, I just, I carve out time. And for the actual races, I use my PTO, you know, from an HR perspective and from someone who helps lead an HR consulting firm, I'm always about making sure that I take my PTO because my ability to completely disengage from work means that when I come back, I'm a much better person. I'm re-energized. I've had time to separate, clear my mind, do the things that I enjoy doing. um, And I do the same for my team, you know, because you are not your most productive at work if you don't have time to kind of recharge. So it's a commitment. So your question, you know, how do I do it? I commit to it and I make sure that it happens, right? And like I said, when I I have meetings all throughout the day, I make sure that, okay, so this is the day I'm going to work from home. The run's going to take me an hour. So you know what, for my lunch hour, I'm going to go for my run.
0: Right. But that's amazing though. The way you put it, that has a very different perspective. Take your PTOs, which yes, everyone should be taking all of their PTOs and making use of that and not getting burnt out. And second, invest. If you've invested in it, then you have to make sure that you're reaping all the benefits. And that's true. I feel like most people lack that drive to go invest money into something that is going to give them happiness outside of work. For example, mm-hmm. writing. I have gotten so many questions um, from the last three years at how did you write your book? How did you make time for the book? I did invest in this self-publishing course and that took a huge chunk of money off of my bank account. I'm like, okay, now I have no other option but to publish that damn book.
1: Mm-hmm. So I did it. And I would, I would also say it's a time investment. So you mentioned writing. I write for an online literary magazine you know, it's just for fun. It's a bunch of people who just write to prompts and just kind of get their thoughts onto paper. And what I have found is it's free, but for me, I'm part of a community that asks for my writing contributions and I've gotten praise about what I've written before. And I will also say it gives me an opportunity to kind of flex my writing muscles outside of professional writing. So what you see in the online literary magazine is very different. It's more, you know, humor, fiction, uh, jokes, maybe some F-bombs, things like that, that obviously I don't get a chance to write for work. Um, I'm able to do for this online literary magazine. And for me, the ability to do it is literally investing the time. If I want to write something, then I say, all right, Eric, you're going to turn the TV off you're excited about the ideas you have bouncing around in your head, just sit at your laptop for an hour and type out what you want to type out and send it to the editor, Colleen, and she'll take care of it from there. It'll go up on the website and you feel gratified because you spent some time writing and that's something you're passionate about. Because one day I want to be like you, Sheikah, a published author. So
0: oh my God. <laughs> I feel like you're already there. You are already publishing stuff. You've built your brand. You have the experience, the knowledge and everything. Thank you. You brought up a very good point and I want to ask you this. So you mentioned you get yourself in a certain mindset that prompts you to get off of the couch, go to your desk and just start typing or just start writing. How do you get time to do everything?
1: Gosh, and I don't want to sound like, because I definitely don't buy into the whole hustle culture and like, oh, there's 24 hours in a day, it's how you use them. Because (laughs) I know full well that, You know, I recognize one, my privilege. And I also realize that someone's 24 hours is very different from mine. Um, Again, part of it is I'm very lucky that I have supportive colleagues and I have flexible work scheduling. Um, And a lot, to be fair, a lot of the runs that I do happen after work, right? So, um, you know, we're in the middle of winter, so it gets dark. At least it was getting dark at like 430. It's 20 degrees out. um, And I pretty much just present myself with choices you know, at the end of the day, Eric, like you have this set of time, you either use it effectively or you don't. That is ultimately my choice to make. Then I'm like, all right, do I go outside? Do I bundle up, run in the dark, potentially get hit by a car because no one in my town pays attention to stop signs? Or I have a, I have a treadmill in my apartment. So Eric, you have the tools to set you up for success. It's silly for you to say, no, I can't run four miles because it's too cold and dark outside when I have the Peloton that like literally stares at me in my living room, right? right. And for me, it's what do I prioritize day over day? Um, and what is important to me? And yes, right. my work is important to me because it pays my bills and it keeps a roof over my head. But again, if we think about and when I think about is, yes, work is important to me for certain reasons, but my ability to stay sane at work is also important to me. Um, the cake classes, you know, when they pop up on Instagram, I look at the date and I'm like, all right, is this a worthwhile investment for me? And is it something that makes me happy? Yes. So that's where I'm going to spend the money. And that's where I'm going to spend my time.
0: 100%. I'm going to use that as my title for an Instagram post. That's okay, awesome, by the way. Seriously, I, I feel like I have to tell that to people so many times Everyone's like, wow, you, you go to this country, you go to that island and you visited this, this, this. How and why? And I'm like, if you shell out money, you could do it too. Just time and money. And if it's going to give you that happiness, then
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Sheikha, I know you travel a lot and that that is something that stokes your fire. That is something that makes you happy. Um, and there's something, I talk to my financial advisor a lot about this because regardless, everything that makes us happy costs money. Like that's just the reality of late stage capitalism, right? Everything we like to do sort of going to a library is going to cost us money. Um, but you, you think about what is going to make me happy. So for me, it's doing races in Disney, right? And every year I say to my financial advisor, these are the things that I want to do how can i afford it and right. he's like all right we'll figure it out we'll make it work and again i think it goes back to what we were originally talking about you have to make the decision about where you want to spend your time and money and then make it worth its while and and you know i've shared pictures with you you've seen it the amount of pictures that i have from my disney races and the medals that i have it is worth my while 100% and that's ultimately where i choose to spend my money and time awesome
0: okay How can one tap into creativity and how did
1: you do it? Um, I think creativity is different for everyone. Um, I think it really takes a lot of self-reflection and, kind of either going back to like your childhood or your inner child and thinking, okay, what really made me happy when I was younger, when I didn't have to worry about paying bills and things like that. If you're older, like I am in your forties and you've kind of moved away from some of your passions, I see you laughing, but you know, maybe some, I know, but maybe some of your listeners are in their twenties, thirties, still discerning what's going on. I mean, I have a lot of life experience to reflect back on. So me getting back into running was because 10 years ago, you know, in my thirties, I was like a super fast runner and I missed it. So I was like, all right, this is a commitment that I'm going to make now. And I've gotten to the point where I feel the same way about running when I did when I was 30. So I think for people to be able to tap into their creativity, they need to think about what actually really makes them happy. And then determine what they need. I, I'm I'm in my apartment. I'm seeing all the candles that I order. Like I've told myself, I want to try candle making. All right, what is that going to take for me to do? What type of supplies do I buy? Is that an investment that I want to make? It doesn't have to be that complicated. Like if your passion is writing, then you get a journal and you just write your thoughts down. Um, if you like to paint, buy canvases and just throw paint on the canvas and kind of. Figure out, do I like this? Does this spark joy? Does this make me happy? Uh, And if it does, just keep doing it, right?
0: Correct. Just do it and keep doing it. Okay, I have a very important question. And partly I was selfish because I I wanted to know the answer also for this question because I kind of struggled early on. But what suggestions do you have for someone who wants to be creative but cannot because of a corporate setup or because of work policies or because of managers not supporting creativity or clients having restrictions?
1: Sure. So there's kind of two options here. Uh, If your job is kind of stayed and maybe boring or there's very clear regulations about how you kind of flex your creative muscle at work, then you have to make a greater commitment to do it outside of work. Like if you're really trying to seek that balance, but generally you like the job that you're doing and you feel like you're delivering quality product and you're recognized by your peers and you enjoy it, it may not be the most exciting or creative thing, but I would also encourage people to think like, maybe you are being creative. Like it may seem kind of boring or, or, um, the same old every day, but In some ways, depending on the type of work that you do, maybe the way that you demonstrate that creativity is by being a creative problem solver, right? Right. Um, For me, I mean, at the end of the day, HR consulting is an interesting and unique field, and I love writing for the firm. But at the end of the day, my blogs, they're HR topics. So I don't know if I can really get super creative. So, you know, what I try to do is I try to bring my own perspective and make it a little fun. Um, Or then I think about like, I wrote like three LinkedIn articles that are pinned to my profile, right? So I was still able to kind of write and I was able to give a little bit more of like my spin on it rather than it being like an an SEO heavy marketing blog. Um, The other part of it is if creativity is really, really important to you. And again, I'm, I'm coming from a place of privilege. Uh, because I left my job in higher ed because it wasn't serving my needs anymore. There was nothing of what I was doing that helped me feel like I was being creative. Um, at the end of the day, if, creative is, if creativity is really important for you in your corporate environment, maybe start looking for a new job that allows you to flex that muscle. Um, there is something about getting to a certain point in your career where you ultimately determine what you want and you're trying to set, your up, set yourself up for that type of success. So is there a promotion opportunity? Is there a different company that will allow you to be more creative in your role? And again, maybe it's just something of thinking creatively or developing creative solutions to problems. Um, I'm not necessarily saying you're going to find a boss who's going to let you paint in the middle of the day. Um, but what type of job or what type of career do you want that allows you to still be an effective professional while still, again, kind of flexing that creative muscle or dare I say it, scratching that creative itch?
0: Yay, absolutely, yes. Okay, one last question. What is your biggest pet peeve?
1: Oh, my biggest pet peeve. Oh, I do we have all day? I think my biggest pet peeve... Gosh, this is hard, Chica. This one I didn't prep for. I think my biggest pet peeve, and I think one of the things that I'm uniquely aware of. So you and I have talked a little about communication styles and all that type of stuff. And and my communication style is really conducive to being really intuitive. Uh, So I get a good sense of people. Um, I have a really hard time. And what really gets under my skin is when people's actions don't match their words. You know, really struggle when people are like, oh, I'm your friend. And then I don't, they don't text me for, for weeks or like I send them something funny on Instagram and they never respond. And like, I get that life happens, but for me, the ability to sense, I can sense if someone's being genuine or not. I I have a pretty good read on what people's intentions are. And when the kind of spidey sense goes off, when I'm like, all right, they just said something. But I have a feeling that their actions are not going to line up with what they said. And then when they prove me right, I'm like, got them. You know, uh, people kind of say like, Eric, you can't just cut people out of your life. And I'm like, snip, snip. Because for me, once someone kind of proves me right in my intuition, in a way where I'm like, yeah, no, they weren't being genuine, or I don't think they were acting with integrity. Um, it is a really hard, it's a really hard thing for them to kind of win me back and prove to me that, you know, they were different. Um, and also my ability to read people is how I'm going to win Survivor. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the other thing, um, especially, you know, as I get older, and I kind of evaluated like who's in my circle, I don't, I don't have time for people whose actions don't line up with their words.
0: Okay. That's the degree of psychology talking, right? There.
1: Yes, absolutely. I I have I've come to realize that my bachelor's in communication and my master's in counseling has 100% helped me really understand people um and it really helps me in the work that I do uh as I help, you know, business owners and such.
0: That is awesome. Okay. Those were all the questions that I had for you, Eric. And I'm so glad that you were the first guest on our show. And I am super excited. So thank you so much.
1: I want to say first and foremost, it is an honor to be the first guest. Um, Like I said, I've never really been a podcast girly. I had guest starred on an HR podcast last year, which was funny because I said my goal for the year at that point was to be on a podcast. And that happened. Uh, And then you dropped yours and I was like, Sheikah, I got to be a guest. So I, I you know, I appreciate it. I think it's really great. Um, obviously I respect you professionally and personally and it is it is amazing to be able to talk to talk about creativity with you. Um but this was a great chat and I, I loved speaking with you.
0: Xavier, thank you so much, Eric. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining me on the Itch and Scratch show. I hope you found this episode helpful. I hope you all are now motivated to carve out time for things that you love outside your work to unleash your creativity and to scratch that creative itch. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe for more empowering content. And thank you so much. Until next time, keep growing, keep glowing and love yourself. This is your host, Shikha Singh, signing off.